Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact, with semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch. It's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Brett McKay here and welcome to another episode of the Art of Manliness podcast. Now, if you made a rule book on life for your son, what sort of rules would you include in it? Well, our guest today has recently published a book with rules that he hopes his son will follow in order to become a well-rounded gentleman. His name is Walker Lamond and he's the author of the book Rules for My Unborn Son. Walker's a writer and television producer and lives in Washington, D.C. with his wife and their newborn son, who is actually born shortly after he finished his book Rules for My Unborn Son. Walker, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Brett. All right, Walker, well, first off, congratulations on the book, and congratulations on becoming a dad. Thanks, I appreciate it. If we can just get him turned into a man, we'll be in good shape. There you go. All right, so, Walker, what inspired you to start this project? Because from what I understand, you actually started this before your son was even a twinkle in your eye. Yeah, it was It was really years ago. I, I mean, the the whole project started... Um, back in New York as a single guy, it, it was a kind of a back of a bar napkin type of thing where I just wanted to start keeping track of all the things that my old man had taught me growing up because I didn't want to forget it. So even long before I was married and long before I had a kid, um, I just knew what kind of son I wanted to have. So I thought, well, let's write it all down now because I know that when actual fatherhood comes, there's a good chance I would end up too exhausted or, or too overwhelmed to remember all the things that I'm always meant to teach him. So I said, hey, let's just write it down in a book, and uh, I can just give it to him. Yeah, and so you started out, it actually started off as a blog, right? Yeah, absolutely. That was, when I, when I got a good number of these things going, I said, you know, let's, let's, I want to share these with some friends and family, and, uh, and luckily for me, you know, the Tumblr blogging platform had just kind of come out, and, and it was so easy that even a guy like me could figure it out. So I started throwing them up on the web. I really liked the way they had these really nice design templates, and, and I really just did it for gas. But, you know, the Internet's a funny place. It's, it was like doing stand-up comedy, you know. Before I knew it, like a few people were laughing, a few more people were reading, and, uh, and it turned into this, this everyday thing where I was getting more and more readers, and, and it just kind of encouraged me to keep, keep adding. And is this how you, how the, your book publisher found you was through your blog? Yeah. I mean, lucky me, you know, no, I didn't have to write any query letters or any of that stuff that you had to do in the old days, uh, old days meaning probably like three years ago. Um, <laughs> you know, I, before I knew it, there were enough readers on there that it was getting passed to the type of people that are in charge of making books. So, uh, you know, a, an agent contacted me and a couple of weeks later we were pitching publishers and it was all, it was all done before I really knew what hit me. <laughs> so, uh, Walker, what are some of your favorite rules from the book? 
there's so many. You know, I've got lots of rules about uh, how to dress like a man, how to how to act on a date. But uh, you know, if I was just to flip open the book at any point, you know, here's one: on a road trip, offer to buy the first tank of gas. <laughs> um, you know, I'm a I'm a firm believer that men should never wear sandals ever. <laughs> How about this one? Never pack more than you can carry yourself, and a man's luggage doesn't roll. Yeah, uh, I love that. It was it was funny actually. Before I, I read um, the that the book and read that rule, my my wife's uncle and I were talking about that. And he he just can't stand wheelie luggage. <laughs> and not only that, I mean, it's one thing to see you know the the golf shirted businessmen rolling through the airport, you know, from gate to gate, but have you seen? Like the fifth grade boys with their rolly luggage backpack. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. absurd. <laughs> yeah, it is absurd. Yeah, and you know, just going back to the you know, the golf shirted businessmen, you, you see them. You know, they don't even like a big suitcase. It's just like a carry on. Yeah, and, and you know, still and it's, wheeling it. Some people get upset when they see that rule. You know, I, this is not to say that somehow you know uh, wheeled luggage isn't manly or you know you got to be a tough guy. It's really a rule to tell you. You know, if you can't carry it yourself, you're probably packing too much. Yeah. It's more of a call for, you know, minimalism and, and, and paring down your life and your wardrobe rather than, you know, saying, hey, we all have to be kind of macho, tough guys. And yeah. that's kind of the point of the book. You know, a lot of these rules are earnest, and some, but a lot of them are, you know, a little tongue-in-cheek. The idea is not to say, hey, I wish we were all, you know, turn of the century pugilists and everyone now is a you know a uh, sensitive ponytail guy it's it's not really that type of thing it's more just saying hey you know what if you if you pare down your life a little bit and if you give yourself in fact less options you're going to have a form of quality control you know and yeah. that's really what the book's all about is increasing the quality of your life and what's around you instead of just the quantity you yeah. know Definitely. Here's another one I liked is uh, don't personalize your license plates. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's already kind of personalized, isn't it? No yeah. two people have the same license plate. It's kind of redundant to, to put on there, you know, exactly. avia aviator pilot. No, yeah, no, yeah, exactly. And then here's another one. The best thing you can give your neighbors is a well-kept lawn. Yeah, some of these rules are inspired. Sometimes I'll see a photograph somewhere and and uh, I'm sure you've seen that Life Magazine finally put all of their photos and outtakes up on the web oh, for free yeah. use. And, I mean, you can just spend days scrolling through that, and you come across a great photograph, and it might inspire a rule. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, that was one of them. I mean, this, the pictures of classic 50s suburbia with men in their Bermuda shorts and a, and a cold Schlitz pushing lawnmowers. <laughs> I mean... That is truly the best gift you can give your your neighbors. Definitely, definitely. One rule I, th I thought should have been in there, and my, my parents really harped this on me, was ask the girl who's not getting asked to dance to dance. I don't it's know. It's a good one. Yeah, It's yeah. a good one. Um, the, the blog continues, and I keep trying to add rules because who knows, maybe there'll be a second edition, but mostly because I've got readers that like to tune in, and, and I'm asking them to always submit new rules because I love to hear other people's stories. People give me great rules all the time. Um, along that same vein, you know, I, I added one recently that says uh, it was a first day of school rule. I said, you know, eat lunch with the new kid. Yeah. You know, there's just like some good throwback lessons there of just how to be how to be a nice person without just being a kind of you know mismanners type of 
exactly. exactly. Just being a, a well-rounded civil person. Yeah. So you kind of mentioned uh, a little bit how you came up with the rules. Um, can you explain that more? You mentioned your dad handed some of these rules, and I mean, where, where yeah. else do you get inspiration for them? I mean, the the core kind of the original group of rules. There's probably like 50 of them. They really were straight from my from my dad. Um, he wasn't like a strict disciplinarian. He just had a really good sense of of what he said, what made a good man, and you know what a good man did and what a good man didn't do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and some were little things, and some were kind of cliched sports idioms. You know, about you know keeping your head down and mm-hmm. and persevering and things like that. But others were just kind of quirky to him. You know, the guy never wore any socks. He never thought it was necessary. But at the same time, he was usually the best dressed guy in the room. Um, and so he had these group of rules and, and those are the ones that started me off, um, with the list. And then I just kind of added to them using my own experiences, you know, every day walking in New York and every little embarrassing episode of your life, you say, God, I'm never going to do that again, or I'm going to teach my kid to never make that mistake. And you just keep track of those things. And before you know it, you got a rule for like every walk of life. I mean, every time you go in the airport, don't you think, Jesus, I'm never going to teach my kid to be like that person or (laughs) something, you know? And so before I knew it, I was keeping track of all the things that uh, essentially it's like wanting to make the world a little better place, you know? Yeah, yeah, kind of make up for the lack of you know, civility and uh, yeah. good manners. You know, sounds it, ambitious, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. But I think I think you I think you're onto something here. And you know, I think it's definitely I think there's definitely a, a desire for people to kind of counteract the the informalism that's kind of creeped into American society. I think a lot of people are attracted to that. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, I, I say something in the introduction about. At some point, rules got this bad rap, you know. I mean, in my opinion, rules are this really effective way to pass down institutional knowledge, you know. I mean, if generations of people have done something a certain way and they've taught us to do it the right way, the most effective way to pass it down is just make a rule about it, you know. Don't run a red light or whatever. Hey, that works, and now we're all safe. Um, but like somewhere around, you know, I'd say not to blame anybody, but the Woodstock generation, <laughs> you know, all of a sudden rules became, you know, synonymous with the man and authority. And, and it was, it was looked at as, as like a, you know, as a barrier to this freedom and individualism and creativity, which is just not the case. So I think they kind of threw the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah. And, uh, and before you knew it, you've got a generation of men wearing, you know, sneakers and T-shirts and to the office and, and having haircuts like they did when they were 12, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so I'm all for freedom and, and living your life however you want, but it wasn't a great model for young kids because when they don't see any differentiation between their parents and them, wh- where's the inspiration to kind of achieve more than they achieved, you know, to, to grow up? Yeah, definitely. We're going to take a quick break for your word from our sponsors. Wedding season is coming up, and if you are preparing for the big day, I know wedding planning can be really intimidating, but finding the perfect suit shouldn't be. Indochino makes it easy to get a fully customizable suit right from your home. Don't just wear any suit on your big day. Wear a custom made-to-measure suit. Suits start at just $499, which is about the same price you'd pay for an off-the-rack suit at a department store. And they've also got custom made-to-measure shirts starting at just $89. 
So I've talked about my Indochino suit on the podcast before. They've been a longtime podcast sponsor. It's navy blue. The measuring process was super easy. They got these video guides you follow. You'll need another set of hands to help you out with that. But the really fun part is customizing it. Got to customize how I wanted the lapels on the jacket, the pockets, the lining. I went no pleats on the pants on this suit. A lot of fun. And then in a few weeks, you have a made-to-measure custom suit sent directly to your door. When planning your wedding, get a suit as unique as you with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com and use code MANLINESS to get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com, promo code MANLINESS. And now back to the show. Um, So you mentioned, Walker, that some people didn't like the... uh, no wheelie luggage rule. Um, were there any other rules that, you know, that have caused some controversy or that people just, you know, you got emails saying, I can't believe you put that in and that's stupid and whatever. Yeah. It's funny. I mean, you know, it's some, this is a really subjective list. You know, I'm an East coast city kid. So, um, when I, when I wrote that, if you're tempted to wear a cowboy hat, resist. <laughs> yeah. I caught a little flack from some of the uh, Westerners, you know, some from Colorado, Texas, I think in the next edition, we'll make a caveat that says, you know, unless you actually own a horse, you know, then we can satisfy the Texans. Um, you know, it's funny when when you when people feel like they're getting criticized for their personal style, like it can get a little touchy. I have a thing against facial hair. Mm-hmm. Um, I, my dad always taught me that men with facial hair have something to hide. <laughs> but at the same time, I've kind of come around a little bit thanks to Art of Manliness on uh, on a good clean mustache. There you go. Uh, you know, so so I'm coming around a little bit on that one. But it's funny when you get emails from people. Seem they, I seem to get a lot of emails from California. Uh, a lot of guys in California saying, "What do you mean I can't wear sandals, jog shirtless, and grow a goatee?" <laughs> and uh, I just I, I I let them you know I let them be. Not ever not everybody's going to want to follow these rules. Yeah, exactly. We we get that a lot too on our site. In fact, yesterday we we did a, a post on. Um how to get a, a, a madman haircut, you know, with the, the, the part and the, the... I saw it, and as a matter of fact, just yesterday, I went across the street to my mom-and-pop pharmacy and bought a tube of Brill Cream. Oh, yeah. Have you used it yet? Yeah, I used it last night. What, what do you think? It's not bad. I think you probably have to uh, throw a lot more in than I did. I was a little, I was a little gun shot. Yeah, I don't think that the phrase "a little dabble do ya" is actually. No, I think it's about a, a, a softball size. Yeah, exactly. Do ya? Exactly. So yeah, when we did that post, we uh, we got a lot of complaints. You know, some emails from people saying, "What are you talking about? That you know, my hair that I've had since high school is, um, <laughs> you know, not manly or ridiculous." And you know, again, it's a lot of the stuff we do is, is subjective. And, uh, yeah, people get kind of affront, especially with our site when it's called the art of manliness. When we say something's not manly and then people get really upset because they do that thing. Yeah. And, and also what I'm, I'm sure you experienced a little bit is there's still a very strong voice, especially like in kind of college age kids, um, against traditional, you know, gender roles, as people like to say, mm-hmm. um, you know, because people worked really hard to to kind of loosen the the restrictions of what it means to be a man and a woman and a girl and a boy, all for the good. I mean, and I'm not disagreeing with it. I think this book, and I think a little bit of what our mailings is doing, it's not it's not trying to revolt against the progress that you know people have made and in equality and all those things. It's just an idea of 
of getting back to some level of quality control. And yeah. I see it in earlier generations. I'm not saying everything that's old is good. I'm saying that we might want to look back into our recent past for ideas on how to have higher quality goods and higher quality of life rather than always trying to reinvent ourselves and come up with something new because three quarters of the stuff we're trying to do has already been done and done better just just you know look back a little bit and uh and and figure it out yeah exactly that's what we do with the site is you know go back into history and take the good and apply it with the, the things we've learned today and uh and the progress we've made and uh yeah, I think I think that's I think you're absolutely right. You know, not everything old is good, but there's a lot of good stuff that's right. there. Okay, so one of the things you have on your site and also in your book, you have a list of music called Required Listening for Boys. And I gotta say it's been fun listening to your, your list on your website. Um what are some of the songs you have on your list and why did you pick them? Oh, I've tried to give my own little uh very biased twentieth century uh popular music you know, short course or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, my my theory here is that if my kid can master Woody Guthrie, a little Elvis, a little Ramones, <laughs> then he can pretty much bring home whatever noise he wants to listen to. Because, <laughs> you know, when he turns 16, I'm not going to be able to stop him. And if, you know, screech metal happens to be hip that day, I may be enduring some painful stuff. But... As long as I feel like he's given Dylan and Springsteen their due and the little Smiths and a little this and there, you know, then he's got every right to go listen to whatever he wants to. And that's kind of what my dad always did for me, you know. He was an Elvis man. He loved Frank. He loved Nat King Cole. And that's what I listened to when I was a kid. My mom turned me on to Stax Records and Soul Music. And between that, between those two, I got this bass. So when I was coming home with the Ramones or the Sex Pistols or, you know, early Discord record music, Mm -hmm. my dad didn't understand it, but he let me listen to it because, you know, he knew that I kind of had gotten there on my own. It's my own personal greatest hits. Very nice. Now, would you, I mean, what about movies? Are there any uh, movies you would include in a required viewing list for boys? You know, I thought about putting in a required viewing list. Because I love movies. I mean, I, I I worship them. I mean, there's almost it's one of those things where it's hard. It's so hard to pick your favorite movie. I was I was the list was getting longer and longer and longer, um, and it was also sounding a little too much like AFI's greatest movies. You know, I mean, so uh, I figure there's enough there's enough enough good movie critics out there. He can find his own list. Uh, but you know, some of my favorites, surely, you know. Annie Hall still one of my favorite movies. I love Wes Anderson movies. Mm-hmm. I love Armageddon. I love a good John Wayne movie. Um, I mean, my my interests are all over the place. I like what most people like. You know, you yeah. like a good story. I'm I'm a big fan of crime novels and crime fiction. So I love mysteries and I love movies like Sunset Boulevard. I mean, those are my favorite types of movies. But uh, but I'm not a particular movie snob. So as long as it's uh, under 150 minutes and has a good-looking lead, I'm in. <laughs> very nice, very nice. Now, I'm sure you've gotten requests to do, or maybe I'm wrong, maybe, but to do a, a book called Rules for My Unborn Daughter. And if so, what sort of rules would you include in it? Got it. You know, people ask me that, and I, I had such a hard time getting I was like, yeah, it sounds like a great idea, except if I, 
I can only think of one rule, and it's pretty much never leave the house. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think we could come up with some. As a matter of fact, I just wrote a few for a, for a, a magazine down in Charleston. Um, I think a few on the list were like, always keep champagne in the fridge and ice cream in the freezer. Very nice. It feels like something a girl would like. Yeah. Um, no vans in the driveway. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, and, and other things about, oh, you know, how about uh, when you're on a first date, order the steak. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Watch, um, so watch, watch they, your date's eyes get really big, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so we could probably come up with some. And who knows, if this book sells, then uh, I will surely get to work on that one, no doubt. Awesome. All right, Walker, both of our sites and our books, I mean, we kind of talked this a little bit already, um, kind of have that vintage um, and traditional feel. We kind of harken back to, you know, the old days a bit. And I've noticed there's kind of a, there's kind of a trend of men going back to that. Why do you think men these days are attracted to, you know, these, this traditional manliness, you know, masculinity? Again, I think it has something to do with a, a yearning for quality. Um, and it's a quality that I think a lot of, you know, discerning men today saw in their father's generation or maybe even their grandfather's generation, you know, a time when, you know, the majority of your household goods were made in America yeah. or, you know, you needed two suits because they lasted you 10 years or three pairs of shoes as opposed to 25 different types of running shoes, you know. Um, so maybe it's just a sign of the times we've come out of this kind of period of luxury and excess and maybe people are feeling like i don't i don't enjoy the disposable culture as much i i think i want something that's going to last a little bit and so i think it's natural for us to look back into a to a period in in our culture when things did last a little longer to me it's like right around the 40s and 50s or you know 30s 40s 50s seemed like a cool period when america was really peaking and creating really great products um for me like when i was designing the book um i always loved the look of like old 50s textbooks and school books mm, yeah. you know the kind of book that you put up on your shelf and you don't mind it sitting there forever um you know because i looked at the tables and i saw a lot of the books today and you know not just being paperback but you know with modern contemporary graphics and things it, it actually really dates it after a couple of years and i wanted something that looked like it had been there forever mm -hmm. um i also wanted something small enough to fit in a blazer pocket which was the only other requirement i had for the book designer <laughs> <laughs> and that worked out very nice. Um, very nice well our guest today was walker lamond he is the author of the book rules for my unborn son and walker thank you for your time it's been a pleasure Thank you, Brad. I really appreciate it. And uh, thanks so much for your site. I, I love it. Thank you. That wraps up another edition of the Art of Manliness podcast. For more manly tips and advice, make sure to check back at the Art of Manliness website at artofmanliness.com. And remember, we got a book on sale, too. It's the Art of Manliness, Classic Skills and Manners for the Modern Man. You can find it at Amazon.com or any other major bookstore. And for more information about the book, check out the website at artofmanliness.com slash the book. And until next week, stay manly.
We've seen all the video call fails by now, the mute button mishaps, the cat cameos, people not realizing the camera's on when their pants are off. But none of this makes Fred feel any better about giving an entire sales pitch, mistakenly using a filter that turns him into an itsy-bitsy baby duck. How do I turn that thing off? It's too late, Fred. It's too late. When you realize it's better to do business in person, it matters where you stay. Welcome to the Hilton Garden Inn, Fred. The meeting room is right down the hall. Hilton. For the stay.